0: This is the East Side Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission! No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley.
1: Arkansas wins the national championship.
0: Check out East Side Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials.
1: Say goodbye, Darren McFadden, eighty yards, touchdown.
2: Everybody's enjoying their second Christmas break here, huh? That's kind of what it feels like, right? You didn't have any school yesterday. A lot of people didn't work. Now, today, you've got to find a way to get to work, if at all possible. And, you know, school's still not in. I uh, guess we'll wait and see what happens for tomorrow, as far as that's concerned. And uh, we welcome you into halftime today on ESPN Arkansas and hitthatline.com. Great to be with you, along with Matt Jones and uh, C-Unit Kristen Johnston producing. Let's see this. Uh, Matt, am I supposed to be upset that my uh, NFL team got knocked out of the playoffs yesterday? Am I supposed
0: to be really pissed about this Steelers loss to the Bills? You know, I would say they showed up better than the Cowboys did. You know, they put at least put forth an effort, uh, commendable. Uh, they fought. They they turned the ball over. We talked about yeah. it before uh, before the game started.
2: Yeah, you're not you're not going to win fumbling the ball as often as they did. And uh, I kind of gave up hope once Mason Rudolph threw that interception in the end zone. Um, but. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a matter of the expectations that you go into the playoffs with. I mean, we just saw the seven seed beat the two seed in the NFC, so it could have happened yesterday. You know how I felt
0: about it. I was open about it yesterday on the show. I didn't have any expectations. Hey, P- Pittsburgh, if they would have played a little better, th- yeah. No, I thought they had a chance, Phil, in- until late. You're right. The couple turnovers kind of hurt them, but uh, they 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 did all right. I think any any
2: any Pittsburgh fan that. Convinced themselves that this year was a year that they would be a uh, real Super Bowl contender was probably fooling themselves about it. Cowboys different situation, you know, and I feel different about how the Eagles, uh, you know, go out. Talk about a uh, a fade, man! Wow, a total fade. Turns out that that stretch of uh, six games with five losses to close out the regular season was no mirage. Both Pennsylvania teams went down yesterday, Matt. One of them was fully expected; the other. I don't think anybody saw that coming from the Eagles about a month and a half to two months ago. I I don't remember if, I, I don't think I made any predictions as far as who was the Super Bowl champion and all that kind of stuff before the season started, but Eagles were on the short list, man. I mean, great Them and the def- 49ers for the that, NFC. Absolutely. Great defense, good, exciting, young head coach, a quarterback that... Uh, the team seemed to believe in quite a bit, you know. You had a good set of receivers. I know not having AJ
0: Brown isn't going to help, but wow, um, that uh, I like Swift. I like their running back too. There's talent on that team. Uh, it's something. I think there's something going on with Jalen Hurts that we don't know about. Uh, there, there might be some other things going on, but I think he's got he's injured somewhere and not really not not really at a hundred percent.
2: You know, only able to throw up nine points uh, yesterday. You know, Hurts, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it did not look quite like the same player that we saw uh, in, in the run of the Super Bowl yesterday. How about your boy Baker Mayfield, though? Oh, my goodness. Talk about rebuilding a career. Talk about rebuilding a career. I saw a graphic they'd put up on the telecast last night. He'd already played for, what, eight, nine head coaches? Six
0: years. That's crazy. Wow. We thought we were talking about KJ, about how many different OCs and and, and how kind of that was. Same thing with Baker Mayfield and on on both coasts.
2: It's
0: tough to think about a guy who was
2: a top overall pick as being like an underdog. But, I mean, that's been his story from the start, right? Walk on, uh, transfer, and then turn to stardom. You know, I think he had a good year and a half or so with the Browns. Boy, I think if you're Cleveland right now, you got to be kicking yourself at just (laughs) – at uh at the way that they uh sent Mayfield out the door like that you know you they are they have no choice but for Deshaun Watson to be the quarterback for the for the near future and maybe the far future for that franchise and yet there's a perfectly good quarterback that took a Tampa Bay team that probably didn't have any business making the playoffs and uh and now they're in the divisional round so now uh, now we know what the playoffs are going to look like for the Divisional around this coming weekend, Matt. We get some good games the hateful coming up eight. here.
0: Yeah, another a movie Christian I have to watch uh, by Tarantino. I think he might have seen it. But, yeah, we're down to the Elite Eight.
2: I have not. I like the idea of calling it the Hateful Eight if it's in the NFL playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a, what, what was it? The NIT does like a great eight because the NCAA trademarks Elite Eight. The NFL never did anything like that. Like they don't use the number for marketing purposes, as far as the postseason is concerned. We only do that in college uh, college fo- college basketball. Yeah. Are we going to do that with football now? You know, we're not going to call it a Final Four,
0: but what do you call the 12 and then the 8? Yeah, they're the not going to call it an Elite Eight, are they? The, the Dirty Dozen, the, the Hateful Eight. I like the hateful eight. That's a football term. I uh I like these quarterbacks in the, the in these hateful eight that we no have kidding. going on. I we, I know we we talk about it's a quarterback league and you got and we talk about Belichick his record without Brady. We talk about Tomlin that kind of what he's how how impressive that is to, to be above five hundred, but he needs a quarterback. Uh, you, you look around, man. If you don't have a quarterback that can get it done, you, you don't have a chance to win.
2: So let's see. You got the Texans and Ravens Saturday three thirty. C.J. Stroud versus Lamar Jackson.
0: Oh, my goodness.
2: Pretty good right wow, there. Wow,
0: right? Like, sign me up. Where, where can we watch that?
2: Packers, 49ers, seven fifteen Saturday on Fox. Jordan Love and Brock Purdy. Love's the guy that's really come on of late. I mean, Purdy. We're gonna like find his,
0: out against this defense. No doubt. Yeah.
2: No doubt. At night in uh, Santa Clara. Sunday's the Bucks and the Lions, 2 o'clock NBC. That's Baker against Jared Goff. And uh, golf was a top overall pick, too. You got a couple yeah. of uh, top overall picks yeah. in that game. Yeah. And then the Chiefs and Bills. Boy, well, you want to talk about um, a really great final course for the Hateful Eight for this next weekend, Matt. I, I had not realized. And I mean, I watch these games, but it hadn't registered with me that Mahomes have, has never played a playoff road game. And now he will in Buffalo on uh, on Sunday you, as as i had so much fun watching that steelers bill game yesterday even when the steelers fall down 14 to nothing i'm laughing cuz i'm watching all of these fans throwing snow up in the air like they were beer showers at Ole miss baseball games after the rebels had a home run and i'm sure there might have been some liquor sprayed up along with those snow showers too that was kind of fun to watch though i will tell you like um that stadium didn't look as bad as I thought it was going to look.
0: They, they cleaned it out. They got to work. They, they must have. Because
2: once we got off the air, remember, when we saw photos. And I don't know if they were like an hour old or two hours old. But there was hardly any room to sit amongst the snow in the stands.
0: And then they showed out. They had a great crowd. It was like uh, every time the England national team in the World Cup would score, and they'd go to the they'd go to the video, and they would be tossing their pints up in the air. Is that it, what they do? And then the Buffalo Bills were throwing the the snow up in the air every time there was a big play. Did you see a couple of times they were throwing snowballs at the, at the action and everything? Yeah. It was it was out of control.
2: Ah, uh, that's one thing. You, I guess I expected that would happen, but I kind of I, I feel to myself like all right, if you go to a game and you're near the end zone. You you realize like there's cameras on everything going on. Over oh, you there. should
0: be you should be thrown out of the game. You, you can't, can't be do that. Snowballs. If you throw something onto the field, yeah, they you can't do that.
2: Throw a snowball at your brother sitting next to you. Fine. Throw a snowball at the schmuck three rows up that won't shut up and keeps you know dropping f bombs on everybody. Different situation. Throw the ball. Throw a snowball in the field. Now we're talking real problems. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not going to put it at the level as like. Uh, Oh, you know, Philadelphia fans were famous for it, I think. Was it Philadelphia that... uh they put batteries in there? That's what I meant, yeah. Yeah,
0: they maybe put some coins in there, yeah.
2: Well, maybe it's a good thing the Eagles don't host a, didn't host a game yesterday, because I know in Pennsylvania it was pretty ugly as well. Uh, so, and... Oh, good football. I uh, got basketball tonight, Matt. 8 o'clock, late game. Texas A&M coming in. And... Uh, I wonder who's going to get the minutes in this ball game. (laughs) By now, you pretty much know your seven- to eight-man rotation with Eric Musselman, and you can write the starting lineup in Sharpie. Now, I have no idea who's going to start this game today and who's going to get the bulk of the minutes. And if, again, you see double-digit players get on the court as – You know, now you're back at home, finally back at home after these two road games. You're playing a pretty good A&M team that specializes in rebounding, especially on the offensive side and uh, a team that put up 97 in overtime against a good Kentucky team. And I wonder what Texas A&M is thinking. They nearly, Matt, doubled their scoring output from back-to-back losses against LSU and against Auburn. So... You know, as, as Arkansas has uh, struggled to score and struggled to stop, you know they're facing an A&M team that's good offensively, good defensively, and right now Arkansas is neither of that.
0: Well, there, there's things that you can control with effort. That's getting back on defense, uh, getting back in the right spot, uh, you know, floor spacing. Maybe you'll see pinion a little more. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm with you, Phil, kind of looking for answers, and, and hopefully they get this ship turned around.
2: You'd say it's like, well, you're going to ball something up, throw it against the wall, see what sticks. Right now, nothing is sticking. That ball just you can, you can control and effort, you know. And very slowly starts crawling down to the floor. Uh, it is, it is not pretty.
1: Hickey & Whole Law Partners are now here for you and all your legal needs in Mena and the Little Rock area. Hickey & Whole Law Partners specializing in divorce, custody case, civil litigations, and more. Having over seven decades of combined experience to better serve you and the community you live in. Please visit KevinHickeyLaw.com or call us at 479-434-2414 for a consultation or come by an office nearest you. Things are about to, to get Marty Daniel
2: Hotline and Chuck Barrett with us, voice of the Razorbacks. Got him for a couple of segments. Good morning, Chuck. How are you holding out in freezing cold northwest Arkansas?
3: Well, it's uh, pretty chilly. I'm making it. And uh, thank goodness for heaters. You know, they,
2: uh, they still turn the uh, temperatures up in Bud Walton Arena. Maybe not quite to the level as it used to be when Nolan was coaching. But that's one of the first things that hit me when I started doing games. So I walked into that building like, Wow. They've got the heater on to 11 out of 10 here. We still kind of turn it up. It's
3: not quite at the same level. Yeah, I don't know what they turn it to now. It's not as warm as it once was. Um, I do know that. And, it, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you'll travel around. You know this. I mean, some, marine, uh, some arenas are warmer than others. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was a time when it was, uh, it was steaming in there.
2: Matt, you remember what that was like inside that building when you were, just for practice or games? It was, it was really hot, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I think at that age, uh, and and going through Coach Richardson's practice is uh it was all it was it was all good. Do you think hey Chuck, how, how do you think with the weather up there and, and with this game, you think there'll be ten thousand fans uh at,
3: at the game tonight? I don't know. Um I've not ventured out just a whole lot beyond the immediate area, so I'm not quite sure what forty nine's like beyond you know, what I see on the app, on the iDrive Arkansas app, and it sounds like there's still a lot of snow out there. I know there are people who are obviously navigating it. It's not completely empty. So I think some people will probably try it. Um, Others probably won't. The eight o'clock tip off, uh, you know, you were not going to have a full house anyway because of that. So I don't know if there'll be 10,000 there tonight or not, but I know the people that are going to be there are going to make an effort to be there and want to be there. And so um, I'm sure they'll come ready to rock and roll. I think whoever
2: walks into the building today, and that probably goes for the Aggies as well for Buzz Williams. You're going to be wondering when you walk in, who the heck is playing today? Like that's one of the sh- most shocking aspects about this um, we have. N- I have no
3: idea who's going to get the minutes today. I'm not even sure if Musk knows. Well, I'm sure they have an idea, but um, you know, it's it's been tough sledding, you know. And and A good. That's the thing. I mean, I got to be honest. I've you know filling out all of A and stuff here. They got a lot of the same guys they had last year. I'm I'm wondering why they're not better than ten and six. Just to be honest, uh, because they got some players. Uh, they're not as deep. Um, you know, Arkansas has gone deeper, but they've not always gotten production. I mean, 15 guys played at Florida and six scored. And, um, you know, they had two starters that didn't score. So it's, um, you know, for all the talk about defense, and obviously defense is important and you can score off defense, um, this team's got to they gotta score more points. I mean, they're... Um, uh, again, I, I if you play better defense, you tend to score more. I understand that, but um, they got to find a way to put the ball in the basket. Yeah, we
0: we were talking earlier, Chuck, trying trying to come up with who, who's going to play, who's going to score, who who is somebody that you think you know. When I see Graham get in the game, I I hope he stays aggressive. Sometimes when you're not making free throws, it kind of gets in the back of your head a little bit. Uh, he's going to need to play big tonight. Uh, you're gonna need a big game out of Mitchell tonight um I don't under I I would have never thought in a hundred years Chuck that Debo Davis uh and uh minifield and battle those three guys would have played less than 20 minutes and all had zero points as a healthy scratch so that being said it's like where where are where are we going who do you think steps up tonight
3: I'm not sure you know I wish I could you know give you a definitive answer on that um you know I wish I could name a player that I' got a gut feeling's about to get going but I I, I can't really look at it right now and 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 say okay this is a guy that um you know that 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 can do more um you know the thing about A&M is that that just jumps out at you is the way they rebound it it honestly looks like their best offense is shoot it and go get it I mean they shoot about 40 percent I think but they lead the nation in offensive rebounding And they will pound the offensive glass. And I'm not sure that Arkansas has got an answer for that right now. Um, Frankly, over the last three games, they've really not displayed an answer for that. They'll have to do some things tonight in that regard that they've not done in three conference games. It doesn't mean they can't do it. It just means they've not done it yet. But A&M will, um, uh, you know, you just look at their point totals. I mean, they've been all over the road. Uh, They've scored in the 50s. They've scored in the 90s. You know, that that guard Wade Taylor, every time Arkansas has played him, he scored 18 points, or at least all all three games last year. I think he had 28 maybe the year before. But he's always been a killer, and Radford's a good player. And Henry Coleman had two double-doubles against the Razorbacks last year. So, you know, the the, the saving grace in all this is A&M over the years has very rarely won in Fayetteville. Uh, whether it be at Barnhill years ago or at Bud Walton Arena since they joined the SEC, they've now look. Arkansas has been hard pressed to win down there since A and M joined the SEC, but A and M's not been able to win here. Not that that you know necessarily guarantees you anything tonight, but. Um, that's a long way of saying, Matt, I don't know. <laughs> and, and that's just as honest as I can be right now. Well, yeah, no, it's
0: it's. this is a must-win game. I could see somebody like Devo maybe stepping up. Uh, yeah, you know, only played 12 minutes last game. Uh, you know, one of our – Mark, I love some Tamron Mark, man. When he gets it going. Uh, he he really can get it going, but may, maybe I can see a guy like Debo, or maybe blocker getting some extra minutes, causing some havoc. Uh, you don't know how much of, if are they going to be in this matchup zone a little bit. How do we block out in that? How do we get back uh, on transition? D. I, I'm just ex- as excited as you are, Chuck, to to check it out tonight.
3: Well, we'll you know we'll we'll see how much how much zone they play. Um, you know, I, I I know Mus hates having to do that, but that's just kind of where they are. Might help them tonight. Um, It helped for a little bit against Florida, uh, but it didn't help long term. Um, Look, this team's lost three SEC games by, what, 64 points? That's a lot of points. And these, you know, they've lost, not just lost games. I mean, they've been losing by decided margins. Um, The last time they played a conference game at home, they lost by 32. 32. So there's no givens. There's no guarantees. Um, now, obviously, this team's, uh, you know, not played its best yet. And they've got some guys that are good players. They've got some good individual players. Um, for whatever reason, it's not meshed yet. Um, and, you know, this is an important game tonight. This is an important week. I mean, if, 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 if you're going to have some signs of life, you've, you've got to show them this week
2: yeah I mean it's I mean you, you were saying it I think on the rush the other day, and we, we were talking about it yesterday when when you're spiraling, you got to find a way to stop that spiral by getting a win. It comes across so simplistic, but it is the problem is here is I don't know how they do that I don't know what they can do well right now to win a basketball game against good teams and Look, I mean, that's what you've been playing right now. You've been playing teams that just have been pretty good. Auburn's look great. Georgia's look better than previously. Florida just got a heck of a lot better than the year before. A&M's really good. Carolina's gotten a lot better. It feels right now, Chuck, and it's, I mean, it's, it's, I don't want to be prisoner of the moment, but we can only go by what we've seen in these three games. Um, the SEC, the rest of the league, they got better, and Arkansas is not as good as, as they were last year. It just feels like the rest of the league caught up. Um, I don't know where the wins come from. You know, something's got to happen. Somebody's got to lead the way. Uh, and, and I think everybody's kind of searching for something like that right now.
3: Well, to an extent, yes. I mean, when you're 0-3, you're searching. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, right now, you, you know, you, you'd like to find something to hang your hat on. Um, you know, this team's blocked shots well. Uh, but, you know, the flip side to that is is that, man, a lot of guys have gotten to the rim, too. Um, so, you know, it's, at, at times it's been feast or famine in that regard. Um, you know, even if they go to zone, um, you know, you've still got to guard somebody. Um, you know, you've still got to match up out of that, and, and you've still got to challenge the shooters. And, again, right now, if you really look at the numbers... And I'm sure Buzz Williams would like it to be a little bit different, but it sure looks like their best offense is shoot it and go get it. And you better be ready to defend the, you know, defend the glass, defend the second chance points. Um, you know, A and M, you know, for a team to average essentially 19 offensive rebounds a game, 18.8 offensive rebounds per game. Um, that's a lot of O boards right there. That's a lot of second chances, and that's you know to sit here and say you've got to prevent that. Well, nobody else has, so to think that you are going to go out there and do it might be a little bit of wishful thinking. But at the very least, you you you've got to minimize it, and then you got to get some yourself. Um, and, and clearly, you've got to shoot the ball better than you have.
2: Yeah, Matt. When you think about this, and so A and M, they rebound. 44% of their own misses almost 45% of their own misses a and rebounds so defense and you know what defense is normally it's not just you know forcing a miss shot or a turnover It's when that shot's missed you go get that rebound so it's like you said earlier today matt makai mitchell has to come up big today if chandler lawson is playing today he's got to come up big on the glass specifically on the glass Trevin Brazil too, but part of this is also the guards. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna need you're gonna need four rebounds from any starting guard, maybe five. This you know, rebounds are, is is the key into this game today. Stops are already a problem for them.
0: Matt, no, I, I agree with you. I think Blocker's a guy that could crash the glass uh, and, and get some boards. And and if and when you're in a zone, sometimes you kind of lose your man. Uh, it's hard to you saw that a little bit on the fast break against florida everybody kind of running back to a spot and and they just they got way too many transition baskets way too many easy baskets that's the thing that i I see is this arkansas razorback team struggles every they make everything hard on themselves they don't get enough easy points and then we give up too many easy points but nobody like chuck said nobody's done it yet but that's going to be a tall task and, and it would be you gotta see something, you gotta have something positive. You gotta build on something, and it starts with one half. You you just gotta try to worry about playing your best half you
3: can this first half and then going from there. Somebody's gotta put a body on Radford. He's as good an offensive rebounder from that off guard spot, the three spot sometimes. I mean, he's as good an old boarder as there is out there. I mean, somebody's gotta put a body on him. And just to be very frank, I mean, guys like Brazil and Graham. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you've got to develop some some toughness about you in there. I mean, you've uh, um, um, you've these guys in, in, in terms of their uh, uh, you know their 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 broadsides may not be as big as some of the others, but they're as tall. They've got as much reach. Lawson does too. Um, you know, you may not be quite as broad as the other guy, but but I mean, you got to stiffen up in there.
2: Well, and if you're in the zone, you get a a team rebound, man. You got to find somebody, you got to put your ass right into them, and you got to.
1: That's ArlingtonHotel.com. your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts.
2: Well, the uh, college coaching carousel continues. Looks like Arizona is hiring Brent Brennan, uh, Brennan as the next head coach for the Wildcats. Brennan had been at San Jose State for the last seven years. He coached Nick, Nick starkle there, um, so that's an open job for San Jose State. We've got Chuck Bear with us, voice of the Razorbacks here. Uh, Chuck, that's college as far as the uh, coaching carousel is concerned. Uh, everybody uh, in cowboy land has got to be waiting with bated breath to see if there will be some sort of an announcement of Mike McCarthy staying or being canned, and I just, I just can't imagine he's going to be around for another year. What do you think?
3: Well, I'm sure they'll make some sort of announcement over the next day or two. I mean, if changing coaches was the answer, the Cowboys would have already won the Super Bowl again. <laughs> I mean, they've, they've, they've changed coaches. I mean, they have Bill Parcells there, and that's his Hall of Fame as it gets. And um, it still hasn't happened. So, you know, they've had three straight years of 12 and 5, and that's pretty good. You know, it's obviously not good enough to get them where they want to go. I will say this. I I was and still am just perplexed at how Dallas just, I mean, they didn't look like they were ready to play at all. And I know that's cliche-ish. And sometimes people say, well, they just weren't ready to play. And that's not the reason. Uh, But in this case, I mean, they were off offensively and defensively. There were busted assignments. Um, You know, clearly Dak and Lamb were not on the same page. You could tell that early. Um, Even the kicker had a problem or two. So I can't explain that. And does it fall on the head coach? Well, I guess ultimately, yeah, it does. Uh, Maybe not so much in pro ball as it does college ball. But, yeah, it it falls on the coach. Um, But, again, having said that, um, you know, they've changed coaches plenty of times. Now, if they want to hire somebody and, you know, completely turn the football operation over to them, that's one thing. But they've not shown any inclination in they being, you know, the, the, the Jones family. And I'm not being critical. I mean, it's their team. They can do whatever they want. Uh, but they've not shown any kind of inclination that they're ready to turn lock, stock, and barrel the, you know, the football operations over to one person. So I'm not sure what the answer is, even if they fire him.
0: Yeah, the, the one thing about playoff football, you got to be tough. It, it kind of didn't seem like – it seemed like they got punched in the mouth and, and Dallas just wasn't that tough. So do you bring in a coach that's that's going to uh, bring a little toughness? I got to watch, uh, Chuck, every game except for the, the Browns and Texans. Uh, I, I, went, I, I don't know if Buffalo's defense is is good enough and if, if I'm buying into the to Detroit, but is there one team that, that you like not named the Ravens or the 49ers?
3: <laughs> well – you know, Buffalo is going to have, I think, you know, an advantage over Kansas City because they're playing in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when Mahomes has faced him before, it's always been in Kansas City. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a little different this time. I think Josh Allen right now, you know, he's healthy. And so he's, he's, he's got a willingness to run the football. And, I mean, he kind of reminded me of you on that one run. I mean, those guys had the angle on him, and poof, he was gone. And, um, so I kind of give him the edge in that game. And I've still got to give Baltimore the edge, but if I was going to pick another team, um, you know, it, 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 it might be Buffalo. Um, on the NFC side, I mean, Detroit's playing, I mean. Tough, they're, they're, man.
0: They're physical.
3: And they're riding the wave, too. I mean, they're just riding the wave. And it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them, you know, give San Francisco all they want. But now having said that, I mean, Jordan Love, um, I thought he played great in the game against the Cowboys. Here's a question. You know, some of those balls on those busted coverages were underthrown when he threw it off the back of his foot. It's just they were so wide open; it didn't matter. Um, I doubt you're going to have busted assignments like that in the next couple of games. If they get to the second game, you know what? What? What can Love do when you know the pressure's coming and the receivers covered? Uh, because when the pressure came against the Cowboys, the receivers weren't covered, so it didn't really matter. But I'd still say on the NFC side, obviously the Lions and the, and the 49ers are the ones I think everybody's going to pick. I, I'm still fascinated by the Bucks and the Lions. Because I know. Mayfield. Well, I, hey, Baker Mayfield, baby.
2: Well, it's two top overall picks that are getting... I mean, it's like... So it's a second chance
0: for golf. What what chance is this for Baker? This, is like, chance number five, six? Well, when he went to L.A., it was, he knew it was just a, a stopgap, but I, I, I think this is his second real chance. You know, he had at Cleveland, and Cleveland was... Just, they're still a mess, you know, Cle- Cleveland and, and, and what they do. I, I'm still surprised they let him go, but Baker, the one thing he has for him, Phil and, and Chuck, is he's so accurate. He, he really is. That's like his superpower, if you are to say, what's his strength is is his accuracy
3: oh I like mayfield I think he's a good player I thought he had to play too soon for a bad team um you know pro football now with the you know with the money that they pay these top four or five picks most of whom seem to be quarterbacks or a lot of them anyway uh, they play them too early they play them before they're ready and they fail and then maybe they recover psychologically and maybe they don't no. Um, you know, Mayfield's been all over the road. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's been in the ditches a time or two, but really from a, from an NFL quarterback standpoint, he's just now, you know, hitting that mature stage. And as Matt said, I mean, he is accurate and he is active and he is a leader and guys will follow him. So, um, I wouldn't count him out. I, I,
2: I I do want to see, and I have a sense this is how it's going to play out. I love the thought: Niners versus Lions in San Francisco, and a running play where Frank Ragnell breaks out and tries to plow Tackle, over Tackle, maybe
0: or a screenplay or something. Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. I just want
2: to see the two of them meet on the field in a in an NFC Championship game. I think that'd be a lot of fun for for Razorback fans. I think it'd be great. I mean, it'd be great football too. These are two guys who are just. They play incredibly well, and just—I mean, Frank's just had such an amazing career, and I think it's been fun to watch Dre turn from uh, good college linebacker into a very good NFL. He's linebacker. a
0: Pro Bowler. He's his talent level is—I don't know if he made the Pro Bowl or not—but that dude, man, he's 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 kind of he's the engine of that of that defense. He's 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 so fun to watch.
3: A couple of three stars there, I guess, right?
0: Yeah, I remember Dre being being hurt, kind of banged up yeah. a, a little bit during his time, and, and not really playing. And then he got to got to Sam I don't know if it was a foot issue or what, uh, but he got to San Fran, and uh, he's been healthy. And you see
3: what kind of kind of difference maker he is. You just never know, man. I mean, we see these guys come out of high school, go into college, and you know, because we pay attention to the Razorbacks, we pay a lot of attention to how they're projected before they get here. I don't recall either one of these guys, and I'm sure they in their minds obviously felt like they could be pro football players or they wouldn't be there now, but I don't know how many people when they walked on campus, yeah, that that, that Frank Ragnow, he's going to the Pro Bowl, or uh, yeah, that that Drake Greenlaw, he's going to be a linebacker for one of the two or three best defenses in football, um, but there they are, and you got to be thrilled for them. Skippers, uh, you know, Skippers in that spot too, not quite to the extent Ragnow is, but Um, all those guys. I mean, you got to be thrilled for
2: them. I want to change directions here to to finish out the segment and uh, the idea of of Kalen DeBoer's hire at Alabama. And not even just DeBoer's hire at Alabama, but the feeling or the thought that uh, some folks have that a coach has to either have coached in that region or come from that region in order to have success in that region. And DeBoer doesn't have any of that. (laughs) But what he does have is a almost a a uh, an unvarnished career record as a head coach which has to stand more than anything else above the idea if he's ever eaten at waffle house or 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 sat in somebody's living room in georgia and tried to recruit somebody you know nick saban i don't think he had any ties to the south when he took lsu to a national championship it's you've got to be a really good coach but you also have to be able to deal with the kind of pressure that comes with that, and maybe that's what people are talking about, because it's different pressure at Washington than it is at Alabama. Yeah,
3: you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. Uh, clearly, Kalen DeBoer's record is—it's—it's it's incredible. He's 104 and 12. I mean, I don't know that you could play two months worth of Madden and go 104 and 12. I mean, that's just silly. By the same token, I thought it was interesting, very interesting. When I read at um, the AL.com website, a lot of the the, the articles on the reactions from the Alabama high school coaches, and there was a healthy dose of skepticism, very frankly. Not that they weren't pulling for him, not that they didn't have good things to say about him, but the overarching sentiment was, I hope he realizes he's at Alabama. But I think that was one of the quotes. And um, so for him to continue to do what Saban did he's got to establish a relationship with those high school coaches in that state first Um, there's a lot for him to do Uh, he's got to learn that roster he's got to learn that town he's got to learn those people the folks he works for but he's got to learn the coaches that are going to supply him with the players that he needs to keep this thing rolling and uh, that's the first order of business for him and I think they're waiting to see what he's got
2: yeah, he's got to convince some of those some of those players to stick around too, and he's got to
3: build a staff too. That's the most important thing is the staff that he uh, that he builds around him.
2: And we just got the South Alabama head coach as uh, is that Kane Womack? Yeah, yeah that's, Dave
0: I, Dave Womack's son. Yeah, Dave was a coach when I was up there at, at Arkansas. Yeah, yeah that's I, that's pretty I'm going to cool. guess
3: Kane's Fayetteville High School. Yeah, I remember him running yeah. around. Yeah, oh yeah. Hey
2: Chuck, that's have a great. great call today. We'll be listening. All right, guys, okay? thank you. Thanks, Chuck. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dave and his team have all your holiday drink options that includes Fireball and Bailey's Chocolate, Jack Daniels Crown Salted Caramel, Winter Seasonal Beers, Eggnogs, and more. Come by Eastside Liquor, 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast to the McClarty Daniel hotline and time to talk with Bill King from Nashville Sports Radio hosting 6 to 9 WNSR Monday through Friday and the King of College Football Talk Bill we have had a uh, nice amount of snow freezing temperatures come through Arkansas in the last 3 days what's it like in your neck of the woods near Nashville
4: about the same i don't i don't know if we got the same accumulation but we're up around six inches on average, and I haven't been to work yet this week. How about that?
2: Yikes. Just leaves a lot more time for grilling. Does the grill still work, though, in freezing temperatures? Would you even venture outside for that purpose at all?
4: Oh, I'd, I'd wade into the depths of hell to, to smoke a brisket. Oh, God, yes. Oh, yeah. No worries, guys.
0: Hey Bill, uh, I guess the biggest news, I th- in my opinion, it's the it's the number one job in in, in college football, at Alabama and Crimson Tide. I know there's a the, a lot of good jobs out there. Uh, did they get it right?
4: I think they did. A forty nine year old coach who's very accomplished. He's an offensive whiz kid, and not that forty nine year old is a kid, but He's young, and it looks like his coordinators are going to be good hires. Now they're 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 getting hit right now. Think about this, guys. They're the only school basically out there right now where their players are all in the portal or or available to jump in the portal because of the thirty day rule, and so everybody in America is poaching them. Now it is Alabama. We don't need to. Oh, the pity party! But they're losing some names, and their best player, Caleb Downs, who might be the best defensive player in America, a true freshman by the way, out of Georgia, is wobbly right now, and Georgia is trying to get him. So, so they're they're taking some incoming fire right now as well.
2: It's wild to think about two of the four teams in the college football playoff are going through this right now. But I mean, I don't know if there's a way to fix that. Because you have the rule. The rule is in place for a yep. reason. Coach leaves, you can transfer. That makes perfect sense. It's just there are only two teams in America that are dealing with this right now, and the reason they're dealing with it is because they were incredibly successful this year. They had great head coaches. One of them says it's time to end his career, and the other guy's taking his job. I don't. There There is no fix to that, is
4: there? Well, and if there's some kind of Michigan announcement here in a day or two or three, what have you, Mm-hmm. There you go for them, right? Now, they're losing a ton of players to the draft and to graduation and the eligibility and all that. I mean, they're losing a ton. I don't know what they'll have left to pluck like an Alabama. Not close, but still, no, good point, very good point.
0: I don't know that Milroe has he entered the portal or what's what's he going to do? Because I don't see him as the type of quarterback uh, that, that you when you look at a Washington offense, and I'm not saying he's not a talented kid. I think Milroe's a, a very talented kid, but he's he, a specific type of offense he has to run. does Is Milrow on this roster uh, when Alabama kicks off next year?
4: I would assume the plan is right now it's nothing but love, right? Meetings, love you, want you to stay. Get into the spring when he starts sifting through those quarterbacks, and you have what they think is their best quarterback is Dylan Lonergan, the true freshman from this last year. They think he's the most gifted, and if 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 a move starts being made in the spring, I wouldn't be surprised to see Milrowley.
0: I forget that. But I think another, he's
4: gonna,
0: Yeah, I forget. There's another portal. Oh right yeah. yeah,
4: yeah, And and he, so he's got another 15 days. You'll have in April. And they have Dylan Lonergan. They've got uh, Julian Sayon, who's a five-star out of California, who's uh, in this class. And they did lose Eli Holstein, the kid from Louisiana who now is transferred up to Pitt. But they've got a pretty deep, they've got a four-man um, quarterback room right now. And they'll oh. have to sift through that, and that's the right coach to do it.
2: That's all reasons why Will Rogers wouldn't, wouldn't transfer there, right? I mean, he, he was the assumed starter at Washington. Now DeBoer leaves. He's into the portal. It's too simplistic to think he's going to follow the coach to Alabama. And you look at what you just what you just talked about. I mean, there's already an immense amount of competition there. Uh, I've read where some think that he would be a great fit at Auburn, where he could probably just step right into the role and be the quarterback. What do you think?
4: Well, he never obviously has been coached by Kalen DeBoer, but you're right. That's where he was. That's where he was going. Immediately jumped in the portal. I mean, he could go to Alabama. I don't think he will. But but here's the problem: if you're Alabama, you bring him in there, uh, you just cleaned out your quarterback room. So good luck there. Hmm.
2: It's wild, you know. And I think about speaking of Auburn, I've seen some, and it's probably Auburn fans hoping it. They're calling Deboer uh, Husky Harson, and I think they're pointing to the part of the country that he's from. And it's again. Too simplistic to think about it—that somebody that's never been in the South before, spent much time in the South, or coached in the South, or recruited heavily there, can't do those things there. I just think it's a matter of personality, and and Harson was just, I think, awkward. It, there's nothing about Kalen DeBoer that comes across as awkward. So it's it's not where you're from; it's who you are, and DeBoer is just a winner. It just makes too much sense.
4: I agree. I, I think. I think it was a good hire. Uh, three years, maybe we're sitting here talking about who the next guy is, but I I would not have been opposed if I would have been involved in that search. And I guess I guess the main guy involved in the search is Jimmy Sexton. But if I'm Greg Burns sitting there, then that's that's got to be right at the top. I think I told you guys, Saban wanted Sark. Sark was his guy, and um, that. Wherever he was in the pecking order, that did not work out. I don't think there was much flirtation with Lane Kiffin just because of the way things ended. And I do think they made a pass at Dan Lanning and couldn't get it, probably. Yeah.
2: Um, why, why did Saban leave? Is it age? Is it I've accomplished everything I can accomplish? Is it the turn that college football has taken and that now you're entering a completely new era of college football, you know, what, what do you think his decision-making was about?
4: I think mean, going into the season, he had five years left in him at 71-72. And this season, with just this vigilante atmosphere we now live in in college football, the season in and of itself, the oddity, which was the beginning couple of first g- three games for Alabama, it broke him. I think it literally taking the greatest ever, who loves 17-hour days, and it broke him.
0: Bill, was Dabo ever looked at having that that connection? And do you think Clemson, uh, are they back in the playoff 12 next year? Is this kind of like just a one-year lapse with Clemson?
4: I don't think he was ever in it. I do know when I have talked to assistant coaches in the past, and I'm talking about three, four years ago. That that are still involved, still there. Clemson. They would always tell me that's not the family's home. That might be Dabo's home, but, but the kids you know, the kids are older now and playing and moving on. But it's not like Tuscaloosa or Birmingham is, is their destination. Clemson is home now and I don't think anything's going on there. Could they be a top-12 team? Yes, but you're not going to get two ACC teams in there, I don't think, in a 12-team playoff because the numbers are going to be heavily involved with the SEC and the Big Ten. So that means Florida State's got to be down, or somebody's got to be down. Louisville's having an incredible transfer portal haul. You're going to have to deal with them and – Got to remember, guys, a couple of days ago, Cam Ward said, I'm not turning, I'm going to Miami. That's also a problem.
0: Yeah, and, and then another team I look at is Notre Dame. Uh, if Notre Dame wins 10 games, they'll, they'll be in the playoff 12, surely. 100%. 10-2 ten and, ten and gets them in there. Who is there? Sam Hartman was their guy. Who who transferred in? Are, is Notre Dame going to gonna have a chance to win 10 games next year?
4: They think they're better. Uh, Riley Leonard from Duke is oh. their quarterback. Okay. Yep. This, this is... Now, again, guys, I, I know what your audience is going to say after I say what I'm about to say. They're going to say, we hear this every year, Bill. This has a chance to be Notre Dame's best team in quite some time.
2: But, uh, the, and the, the wild thing is even Notre Dame's best team in a long time, they go undefeated. They're number one in the college football playoff poll. They don't get a bye. Oh, they don't get a bye? They can't get a bye. It's impossible. You've got to be a conference champion. They're a conference of one. And that was not a thing. I guess maybe people thought that would be a thing that would chase him into a conference. Nope. Nope. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. No, really. Jack,
4: Swarbrick, Jack Swarbrick was in the original meeting to move things to 12. He was one of the chosen ones, and he agreed to it from the very beginning. Did not fight it. Said, no, no, no. We cannot be a, uh, a top seed with a bye. So if they go to 5-7, I don't know if that's been approved, but it is going to be, then they could be a 6-seed. And if they go, if they stay with six six, then they could be a seven seed. So at I, t- at tops,
2: are, are you are you ready for this new era of college football, where it is not just because the twelve team playoff, it's the death of a league. Uh, Pac twelve will never be rebuilt in any semblance of what it used to be, um, and I wonder too, like how long does this new era of college football last? Because this last era lasted about, what, uh, 11 years or so? And there's it's a sense like this era of college football could last uh, even a shorter amount of time before we get some kind of a super league, which it does feel like that's the direction the industry is going. So how long do you give this this new or next era of college
4: football to last? Well, it's not going to kill off the ACC, but it's going to diminish the ACC. They'll be more of a G5-type league, and... Uh, They'll stay at 12 for probably five to 10 years. Now, we don't even know the length of the contract. This first contract is 12 years. We're in year 11 coming up. And they've already made a move from four to 12. They won't make it to the end of that contract if it's 10 years without a change. Because, again, guys, I said this back in 13 when they announced we're going to start playoff. The only two questions remain are... How much more money and how many more teams? That's the only debate you've got, and we're going to redo the con- or the new contracts coming up. And they're talking about that right now. It's going to be in the billions, and there's going to be squawking about the 13th, 14th team that probably should have gotten in, and they'll 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 widen it, guys, in about five to eight years.
2: Well, it does feel like you're still on the precipice of something new on the top of something that's completely new as well. Bill, appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Uh, stay stay warm and good luck with the brisket smoking in uh, freezing temperatures. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. But you can appreciate a guy that's not able to get to work, but he's definitely going to brave those temperatures to smoke some brisket.
0: Yeah, that Notre Dame thing is a little tricky, uh, but I think it, it benefits this twelve team playoff deal. Like I said, if Notre Dame wins ten games, ten and two, they're they're in the playoff
2: better get that heated field ready at Notre Dame stadium i don't know if the they would have to go is, on the road wouldn't if, they if they're not a top
0: top 4 seed they might host the first playoff they can game. host the first yeah, round yeah.
2: that'd be kind of cool you know mid december touchdown jesus snow on the field in south bend
0: rudy on the projection screen You're listening to the Side Liquor Halftime Podcast.
1: Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property
0: of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent.